It's the Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back, and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. Visit rg-help.com. Of East Coast Bias, the triple threat is backed by popular demand. Judge Stremsky, Joe House, Raheem Palmer. We have a lot cooking on FanDuel TV and, of course, on the Ringer Gambling Show. Uh, we will get to week seven across the board in the NFL. We are going to have our Western Conference over under future discussion. Now, there's a lot to dive into. Before we do any of that, though, Raheem Palmer. You were at Citizens Bank Park just 24 hours ago. It was a vibe. It was a scene. I would argue it has turned into one of the best home field advantages we've seen in sports over the last 15 or 20 years. And Raheem, even though I was in Philadelphia last weekend, I was not treated warmly wearing my Dolphin sweatshirt. I am invested in the Phillies. I have a great number at them. I think it either 16 or 18 to 1 to win the World Series. You got to be feeling over the moon, dude. I feel so excited about this Phillies team. I mean, they're dominant offensively. They're doing the same exact thing that they did last year. And not only am I over the moon with how they're performing, I had the over seven and a half runs last night, and they beat it themselves. And Aaron Nola is pitching out of this world. So I feel like the Phillies are in a great position to win a World Series. You know how somebody that rooted for Bryce Harper for years, is is this tough to take for you? Like, listen... You won a World Series. You won a World Series without Bryce Harper. I understand that. Maybe I have this ultimate buyer's remorse because I always wanted Bryce Harper to be a New York Yankee. Is it like agitating you seeing him turn into like the modern day Reggie Jackson, the modern day Mr. October? No, not not one one bit. You just said it. The, the Nats won the World Series in 2019 without him. It was fine. Uh, and he did the right thing for him and landed in the right spot for him. And Washington moved on and was successful. The one that will bother me, JJ, is Juan Soto. Because that guy had has all the potential in the world, his whole career in front of him. And I didn't really like the Washington franchise taking its itself, you know, down to to um, you know, the submarket right away after winning that World Series. I wanted to see Juan Soto become Juan Soto. Um but as far as Bryce is, is concerned, my only regret is that it's the Phillies and I root against the Phillies because of the National League East, but good for him and good for them. Speaking of Juan Soto, another guy who has a swing that's tailor-made for Yankee Stadium that would be perfect in New York City. Just saying, just throwing that one out there. And in case you're wondering, if you want to get involved with the NLCS on FanDuel, I bet the Phillies to win game one and win the series. Raheem and I were all over that. I am also on the Phillies minus one and a half games. 
for the series. Now you want to get involved? Minus 1,000 for the Phillies. Arizona going back home to the desert in game three, plus 640. Long story short, the Arizona Diamondbacks don't have a damn chance in this series, and Philadelphia is going to win. It's just a question in how many games. Now, we get ourselves set, and we turn our attention to Western Conference over-unders, Western Conference futures, and all that jazz. House, I know that you kind of got a warm-up here because you were on the Podfathers Tuesday special, your yearly tradition in Los Angeles. You're already back from Los Angeles, so I'm glad that you made it back in one piece. Um, I'll start with you on this one. If there was a grand takeaway you had in kind of handicapping and evaluating a bunch of these Western Conference teams, if they, without giving anything away, what was like one individual thing that kind of stood out to you? How tough it is to handicap these teams. And, and that's a function of how deep these teams are and what an aberration last year was in terms of the health of these teams and some transition moments for some of these teams. But the West doesn't really have a lot of easy games in it this year. There are not teams that are outwardly aggressively tanking, at least on, on paper as we sit here in mid-October. You can't easily circle the ones that you think are going to tank. I mean, San Antonio has the lowest projected win total, but they could be a little bit of a, of a fight. Let's see what Wemby ends up being. We don't know what Portland ultimately will do, but they have a bunch of, of talented guys on their team. Houston is a real enigma. They have a ton of, of, of talent, and you know there's a real uh, uh, level of excitement with Ime Yudoka as, as the coach there. Those traditional floor mat, you know, doormat, floor mat teams, they're on the come up. There's no easy wins in the West. 11 teams are forecasted to have at least 44 wins, according to the FanDuel odds. I mean, it's just a tough one to, to sort out, JJ. Raheem, I'm going to ask you the same question. When you're doing all your research and your homework in the Western Conference, if there was one giant takeaway you might have, what would yours be? I think House nailed it. I think the biggest thing that we're seeing from the NBA right now, and it's not just the Western Conference, is that there's a lot more parity. I mean, like, typically we see the, the top teams in the league where they're over 50 on their win total. Well, you have a bunch of teams just stacked in the middle. A lot of teams with 40 and a half win totals. So I think you have to kind of pick and choose which team is going to, you know, bounce back or, you know, which team is going to to be one of the top tier teams in this league and which teams are just going to like underperform. And I think that's the most difficult thing because you can make the cases that a lot of these teams are just going to be one or two games away. And it, that's tough. The odds to win a Western conference as we speak, gentlemen on FanDuel, Phoenix and Denver co-favorites at plus 270. the Lakers and the Warriors, two very interesting two veteran laden Pedigree type teams, they're both at plus 750 to win the conference. Memphis is at 10 to 1. The Clippers are at 12 to 1. Dallas is at 13 to 1. And then you're digging deeper with Oklahoma City, New Orleans, and Sacramento and Minnesota, all at 29 to 1. Fellas, from a future standpoint, we know the top dogs, but from a value standpoint, anything standing out to you there, Raheem, as far as value is concerned? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I think the first thing that stands out to me, I like I like some unders in this conference. I like the Sacramento Kings under 44 and a half wins. I mean, when you look at 
what they did last year. They were like a story that we all love. We all took the over, but they were one of the healthiest teams in the NBA last season. And when you look at the Kings, they are not a team that's going to beat you with, with defense at all. This was a team that they were 25th in defensive rating, allowing 116 points per under possessions last year. Now, if they're not as healthy, they're not going to be able to, to win 48 games. So we all know that the West is a lot stronger. So I'm going under 44 and a half wins for the Sacramento Kings. That's one I'm on. I'm looking at my notes right now, guys. I have three over-unders I'm playing in the Western Conference. Sacramento under Raheem is choice number two. So I just want to throw that out there. My notes, I, I'm not going to show them off here on FanDuel TV because I don't know if the, the, the notes on the iPhone are necessarily going to do it justice on camera. But I'm absolutely on that. Let's make it a family play. Look, House, the Kings were great to us last year. They were fun to watch. They were spunky. They were competitive. The Aaron Fox, Sabonis, Davion Mitchell, on and on we go. Very healthy team last year to Raheem's point. The improved nature of the Western Conference. I, I, I think they were kind of one of those teams in many ways that snuck up on a lot of people. I don't get the sense they're sneaking up on anybody this year. And can they make the plan? Sure. Can they make the playoffs? Sure. I just don't think they're taking that next step. I think they go a little further back before they accelerate through. So I'll make it two for two on the Kings. I like them as well as an under. So I will confess by bias here. Mm. I just can't be on the wrong side of lighting the beam. I have to be on the proper side of lighting the beam. Now, I sat down and mapped out where I think every team will end up. I took the Kings as a slight over because if they win 45 games, that's over the 44 and a half and that that collects it. That's still, you know, uh, uh, three games worse than last season. And I think that's fine to take into account the, the, the very salient points that both of you gentlemen made about the, the improvement across the board with the conference. And, you know, I think uh, they're not going to sneak up on anybody and a team that, that, you know, finished 25th in defense last year, 27th in defense, the year before 30th in defense, the year before that um, they, they gave golden state every single thing that golden state, you know, wanted all the way up to a game seven. But um, I think they're due for a little bit of a setback, but I'm taking a tiny over for them really because my heart wants to keep lighting that beam, fellas. I can understand that. So two for three on the Kings under house going contrarian. Um, while we mentioned the Sacramento Kings, Pacific Division odds, Phoenix at plus 130, the Lakers at plus 370, the Warriors at plus 390, the aforementioned Sacramento Kings at plus 650, the Los Angeles Clippers at plus 650. This is where I'm getting involved, boys. I like the Clippers as an under here. That's the second one I want to give out. I know they're Raheem's team. I know we couldn't quit them last year. I'm quitting them. I'm out on them, House. They they screwed us over every which way imaginable last year. I can't count on their big players to stay on the court and to give me any sort of health and sustained, you know, periods of play on the floor. So that was one I looked at immediately. The Los Angeles Clippers who right now on FanDuel are at over under 45 and a half wins. House under for the Clippers. It's a deadlock under. This is one of my absolute favorite bets of this entire preseason, JJ. I used very bad language. It's a good thing the Podfather has that E for explicit rating on his show 
because I let my true feelings about this team with these guys who play 50 games a season coming out and expecting that they can just flip a switch and become a playoff team. They had uh, uh, an expected win loss rating. They should have finished 42 and 40 on a point differential basis. Kawhi Leonard played 52 games last year. Paul George played 56. Are they going to play more games this year? Who knows? Russell Westbrook's 35 this year. So is Nick Batum. Marcus Morris is 34 years old this year. Uh, uh, Robert Covington's 33. Norm Powell is 30. Norm Powell's legit. He he makes sense uh, a lot on a team that can actually contend. And they should trade him to a contender and get back whatever they can. Poor Steve Ballmer. He invested in these bums, and he gets, he's going to get stuck with them when they move to their new stadium dream. Oh, my God. It looks like we're just going to be two and one all year long because. Wow. So no <laughs> family points in the West. Oh, you my can. God. Dream. You can't do it. I'm dude. not saying that I'm going to bet the over, but under no circumstances am I willing to go under on a team with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And then you got to remember. I don't know if anybody's paying attention to the news right now, but James Harden is refusing to come to practice. He's refusing to go to games, which means that it's likely that we're probably going to see a James Harden trade. And we all know that he only wants to go to the Clippers. Now, that doesn't guarantee that Daryl Morey is going to send him to the location that he wants to go to. But how can you take a Clippers under at this point? And it just seems like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are going to play a lot more games. And as long as those two guys are in the lineup, I do not want to under. But I wish you guys the best of luck. Listen, <laughs> you're banking on more games for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I'm going to remind you of that about I'm trying to catch a ball of knife. Sometimes <laughs> you're, you're, I, I, I'm trying. <laughs> save the audio. I will remind Raheem this in like late February when Kawhi Leonard's played like 12 games this year. I, I, I'll, I'll just remind you of this conversation we're having in mid-October. We got a lot more to do. As far as our NBA futures conversation, who maybe has an opportunity to be this year's version of the Sacramento Kings? I most certainly have a team in mind. We'll see if I can finally get the boys on board with a family play. All that more. It's East Coast Bias. We're coming right back. Get ready to start the NFL week off right because right now all customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay for Thursday night football. Just place a three-leg, same-game parlay on this week's game between New Orleans Saints and the Jacksonville Jaguars, and you'll get bonus bets back if you don't win. So the fellas, we're on board. Saints to win a game, like the under in the contest, and let's go over 50 yards for Alvin Kamara. How about that for a three-leg SGP? You can build your own or choose from one of the popular SGPs in the Parlay Hub on FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. Visit FanDuel.com slash gamblers so you don't miss out on your chance to get a no-sweat same-game parlay on America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Refund issued is not withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max bonus $5 unless otherwise specified restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fandle.com. All right, boys. So last year, Sacramento was our darling. I think we all were kind of in unison. We all kind of looked at them as a team that can make that leap, can make that jump. That's 
you know, going to find their way into the conversation. I'm going to set you guys up on this. I know what my answer would be. I have a feeling we're going to be on the same page. But how's the start with you? Who is going to be in the Western Conference this year's version of Sacramento? I'm prepared to be ridiculed for this. I really like the Minnesota Timberwolves this Whoa, coming season. Whoa, that was not, that's, that was that's not the as well. answer. Ooh, that was see. not the answer I was expecting. I'm very surprised by that, but okay. JJ, me, me and Dream, I'm telling you, there's some kind of mind melt here. That DC Philly <laughs> connection is so strong. The reason I like Minnesota this year is, you know, kind, kind of twofold. They finished up at 42 and 40 last year. They got into um, the playoffs by way of, of the play-in. They had an expected, um, you know, outcome of 41 and 41. But Carl Anthony Towns missed so many games last year. He only played in 29 games. So they never really, Minnesota, got to the point where that uh, that chemistry experiment of introducing um, Rudy Gobert um, could get off the ground. They acquired Mike Conley midseason. I think that Mon- Mike Conley acquisition is perhaps the most underrated Im- and impactful acquisition in, in the entire Western Conference. Uh, and I say that even if the dumb Clippers get dumb James Harden. The, 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 the T-Wolves have 10 legit guys. You go up and down uh, at, at, at every position. Uh, Jaden McDaniels, Nas Reed, uh, uh, NAW behind Anthony Edwards. The other aspect of this, of course, is the Edwards, you know, bump up. Is he going to crack that first team all NBA status? There is a lot of good momentum, good mojo. And I also believe in Chris Finch. I think that last year was kind of the worst case scenario for Minnesota. And I think this year we're going to see the vision, the version that Minnesota had in mind when they acquired Gobert. Yeah, I'm with House on this 100%. This was going to be mine. I actually had two that I really liked. But, I mean, House laid out the case. I mean, Carly Towns played 29 games last year. And I know that there were some chemistry issues by having two bigs with him and Rudy Gobert. But it seemed like they kind of figured it out towards the end of the year, particularly in that playoff series against the Denver Nuggets. They pushed those Nuggets. And the Nuggets, I mean, it felt like they were just dominating everybody. But they were competitive in that series. And... We all know Anthony Edwards. We saw him in FIBA. He's going to make the leap this year. ESPN has them as the 13th ranked player in the NBA this season. I think the combination of Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert and some of the guys on that lineup between you got Kyle Anderson, you got Nas Reed, they got Nikhil Alexander-Walker. This is a deep team. So I really like the Minnesota Timberwolves over what is that 44 and a half wins i would grab that now now if there's another one that i like i'm gonna go with the memphis grizzlies now i know a lot of people probably saw that hit piece on john moran today but i look at this memphis grizzlies team they're a team that consistently what do they do they play good defense and when you play good defense that gives you the recipe for winning a lot of games in the nba regular season their win total is 44 and a half well, last year, this was a team that was second in defensive rating. And you got addition by subtraction just by getting rid of Dylan Brooks, who was anemic offensively. You add in Marcus Smart. Now, I know you lose Tyus Jones, but I just think Marcus Smart is a guy who not only can he play defense, and I know Bill's going to see this and say, oh, Marcus Smart wasn't the same guy, but he is a guy who can play make from the 
the guard position. And I think that's the thing that the Memphis Grizzlies truly needed. And they're, we know they're going to have a top-tier defense. You got Jaron Jackson Jr. You got Marcus Smart. Well, Marcus Smart is going to help this team win more games offensively because of his playmaking. And then you also add in the fact that there's Luke Kennard there, so they have more shooting. I think the half-court offense that we saw from the Memphis Grizzlies, which has struggled the last couple of years, they're going to improve. And we know John Morant. He's suspended for 25 games. This team's been able to win without John Morant historically. And when I think he comes back, he's going to be reinvigorated. So I like the Memphis Grizzlies to go over 44 and a half wins. And I'm going to be honest with you, I think they could probably win their division and I think they're a team that is a sneaky bet to win the conference. Ooh, okay. Listen, I have no problem with Minnesota, even though House got very choked up and emotional in talking about his Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, I got no problem with you take on Memphis. But the team, fellas, that I am surprised neither one of you mentioned, it's a team that we've kind of been talking up quite a bit over the last couple of weeks. That's Oklahoma City. I, I think Oklahoma City is a team that can go and make that sort of jump. They have SGA. They have Josh Giddy. They're going to have Holmgren back in the fold. I see their win total of 44.5. I have to admit, House, I thought for sure that was the team you were going to pinpoint, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Well, I, I like Oklahoma City quite a bit, and I, and I absolutely adore SGA. My only concern with them, I think that I took, was their win total 44 and a half or 45 and a half? 44 and a half right now on FanDuel. Yep. So I had them winning 44 games. When I sat down and did, you know, my forecasted um, uh, uh, standings for the Western Conference, 44. And and to me, that doesn't even, that doesn't feel like a knock to, to say 45 is very reasonable. They won 40 last year, but they're expected um, win total based on point differential was 44 games. So you, what we saw from them from January one through the end of the year, in terms of their offensive efficiency, their offensive rating was above 117 uh, points per game. Um, and, and, you know, it's just a function of uh, Mark Dagnall getting these young guys all on the same page. He was very successful with it. Last year, I mean, the, one of the best games of the year from my perspective as a fan was the game that LeBron jumped over the Kareem for the all-time points total. And these kids from Oklahoma City st- stood there, sat around for 15 minutes while the king properly received his crown. They got all the flowers and then they started the game again. And these boys ran the Lakers to F off the court. They ran them right off the ball court. They, they, they just were, were bad about it. That really showed me something. That's who this team is. I think the addition of Chet is terrific. It's just that the West is hard. I have a tiny under for them. I'm enthusiastic about them, though. You could tell, JJ. But yet you're betting the under. Raheem, where do you stand tiny. on Oklahoma City? So I love the Oklahoma City Thunder this year. I think the problem comes in is that this is a market. And, you know, if they had made this win total... 41, 42, it feels like we would be getting value. Unfortunately, they made it 44 and a half. So where's the value? Like, I can easily see this team winning 44 games and you you find yourself stuck. Now, if I'm going to play this, why play the over-under on the Oklahoma City Thunder? Either play the long tail or play the, the, the short tail. Like, play the, you know, SGA to win MVP. Like, that's how I would want to play it. I want to play the the result that's probably going to get me the, the biggest profit here because I, th- I think if Oklahoma City, if they overperform and they win 50 games, 
Shot Gilders Alexander is an MVP candidate. I mean, you can get that at 19 to 1. So I'd rather play that than, you know, expecting this team to go over their win total just because I feel like it's already priced in. All right. So you mentioned Memphis to win the Southwest Division. Memphis plus 145, Dallas plus 185, New Orleans plus 210, Houston and San Antonio, massive, massive long shots. Just want to throw that out there. And then if you want to fade the Nuggets, Minnesota's plus 550 to win their division. Oklahoma City is plus 600 to go win a division. Now, guys, give me one more that you like each. Raheem, I'll start with you. We've hit on a bunch already, but if you could throw one more in there, what would it be? Dallas Mavericks, under 44 wins. I love this one. And, you know, one of the things that people don't realize is that people will say, oh, preseason doesn't matter. It's just an exhibition game. No. Preseason does matter if you don't win a game and if you look bad. At the end of the day, these are exhibition games, but you have to be able to show me something. You got to show me something. This Mavericks team hasn't shown me anything. Like, the biggest thing that we know is that at center, they just don't have anything. Derek Lively, uh, like, I, I, I love him, but he's not ready yet. You look at them last year. This is a team that struggles defensively. And if you struggle defensively, and if you don't have bigs, and you don't have rebounders, you're not going to win many games, regardless of whether you have Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. This team was 24th in defensive rating, allowing 116 points per one possessions last year. And I know they can score. We know they're going to be able to score. But you look historically with Jason Kidd teams. The first year, defensively, they're solid. Then they fall off a cliff. We saw that with the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, one other thing I want to add is when you see teams who have gone overseas, they went overseas and played one of the longest road trips in Abu Dhabi. They tend to go over under their win total because that first month of the season, it's truly an adjustment period. You're coming back from having a long training camp. You went overseas. You played a bunch of games. And not only did they play two games in Abu Dhabi against the Minnesota Timberwolves, they actually played a EuroLeague team over there. I think they played Real Madrid. So I expect the Dallas Mavericks to come out slow. And then also, I mean, Kyrie Irving, you're looking at a guy who's mercurial. I mean, we don't know what he's going to get from him. And then Luka Doncic, he's a guy who, cons, uh, as great as he is, he's almost like the, the modern James Harden. He's like the European James Harden in that, like, he has to get more guys involved. He kind of gasses out. He also plays his way out of shape for some strange reason. So I like the Dallas Mavericks under 44 and a half wins. I think this probably is like a 41-42 team um, win team, to be honest with you. Yeah, JJ, I have two regrets from my performance with uh, the podfather Bill Simmons and with Ryan Rosillo and, and the, the extent, the four hours of podcasting on the NBA future. Um, I regret taking the over with Dallas and I regret taking the over with Utah. The Podfather made a very compelling case as to why it is that, that Dallas um, w w should, should be looked at very skeptically and dream just took it and, and, and gave us a full shack tomahawk dunk on, on that rationale. I mean, that you, you, you can't argue with any aspect of it. The only thing that, that when I was sitting there in the moment, with the Podfather and Rosillo was like, man, am I really going to fade Luca at this stage now? And I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Um, but Dream's case is irrefutable. Dallas is an underplay. It's absolutely on the money. I have no issue with it, JJ. Well, there's a lot to chew on with these NBA futures. The Western Conference, last week we did the Eastern Conference. 
And then next week, we get it rolling for real. So we'll have a lot more NBA coverage incorporated in what we do here on East Coast Bias. Obviously, football is going to take center stage throughout November, December, and January. But don't you worry. Our boys will we'll find a way to get their basketball fix. And trust me, I'm already starting to look at uh, a couple of teams in the college ranks that I might be investing in to win titles at like 80 or 100 to 1. Because this, by the way, if you're looking to get on college basketball futures, Now's the time to do it. Nobody knows a damn thing. Go get invested now and thank me later because you you kind of perfect example. You could have got a real juicy number on the Huskies if you took it, let's say, in late October or early November. Boys, when we come back, can the Detroit Lions put themselves in the conversation with the Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers? They play one of the more key games in week seven. There's going to be a brawl in Philadelphia between those Dolphins and those Eagles. We got a juicy, juicy NFL card to discuss that's coming up next. All right, fellas, I'm fired up about this week seven card. Before we get to that, House, you have one more bonus bet that I totally forgot to tee you up on. So quickly, what do you got? Bonus play. The, 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 uh, Phoenix Suns are in under this upcoming year. 52 and a half, the same win total forecast as the Denver Nuggets. Come on, come on. This, this is a team that looks very good on paper and the market is very excited about. And I understand all of that. Kevin Durant hasn't played 56 games in a season in the last half decade. Bradley Beal just played 40 games and 50 games, the two previous seasons. This is an all offense team in the regular season. If you want success, you have to be able to play some defense. You know who does not play any defense whatsoever? The guy that they got from Portland, this this, this dude, Nurkic, another guy who hasn't played any basketball. I love fading the Suns right now. Right now for the regular season, the point for them is not to be successful in the regular season. The point for them is to be healthy come playoff time. Under 52 and a half. That's my bonus bet. One of my locks, Phoenix under, JJ. I'm right there with you. Durant, Beal, Nurkic, a whole lot of guys that don't play a whole lot of basketball these days. And when you got to win 53 plus games, you kind of need those guys to go and play a whole That's lot a of basketball. That's a family play right there. That's a family play. Hey, there you go. We, we were one. looking for one. We got it, it one. Only, it only happened in the third segment of the show, but we got it. Phoenix <laughs> under 50-something wins. 50, 52 and a half, to be exact. 52 right, and a half. Mm-hmm. I like that. That is an under for me. I'm adding it to my card right now as we speak. Okay. As we get ready for week seven in the NFL, there are a lot of good games this week. Raheem, is it crazy to put the lines in the same sentence as the Niners and the Eagles. Mm. If they win this game, then you have a case for that. But until they win this game, I don't think you can make that case at all. And, you know, the biggest reason why is when you look at their schedule, who have they beat outside of Patrick Mahomes? Look at the quarterbacks and who they face. I mean, they beat Desmond Ritter, 29th in EPA per play. Bryce Young, 24th in EPA per play. Jordan Love, 26th in EPA per play. And Baker Mayfield, who was 10th, but we knew that there's only so long fake does can pretend, and eventually he was going to regress. So until they win that big game, I'm not putting them with the giant, with the Eagles and the 49ers at all. So I have them in. I uh, with slight disagreement with, with the dream and it's because they're three and oh on the road. They're handling their business on the road. You know, they've already on with the, with this schedule, they've had green Bay on the road. That's no easy task. And they beat the, 
the daylights out of Green Bay. They handled their business against Tampa last week in the first game of the season. There's always some some variance, but they beat the, the reigning Super Bowl champ. So I'm impressed. I think what they possess on both sides of the football in terms of line play, they're able to impose their will. They're getting out to fast starts. They're scoring with, with throwing the ball, and then they're running the ball in the second half. It's a recipe that the Eagles were very successful with last year. I, I, I have uh, Detroit right there. But to Dream's point, we'll see against this Baltimore team because Baltimore is every bit of the – contender for a potential Super Bowl um, that we imagined at the beginning of the season, JJ. So I want to put them in that conversation too. They won at Arrowhead Stadium. I think their offensive line is stupendous. I think the defensive line led by Hutchinson is stupendous. I want to commend Jared Goff for revitalizing his career. I mean, this is a guy that was cast aside for Matthew Stafford. And listen, I don't think the Rams are complaining about that. They won a Super Bowl. It worked out well. But I think a lot of folks were of the mindset that Jared Goff was going to be a placeholder quarterback in Detroit, was going to get replaced after the 2021 season. That has not happened. He keeps getting better and better. The Lions are 5-1. and one. This game's fascinating, though, guys. Baltimore's a three-point favorite. Raheem, I know Baltimore's coming back from London. I know I had to sweat out that game, as did you, against Tennessee because they kicked 10 zillion freaking field goals and couldn't put that baby on ice. But even with the travel here for Baltimore coming back after a trip across the pond, this line's at three. You know public money is going to be all over the Lions. I kind of think this is a good spot to take the Ravens. I really do. Yeah, all of the sharp money is on the Baltimore Ravens. This is going to be a classic sharps versus squares game. I, I gave you the quarterbacks in which the Lions have faced this year. And the biggest thing is when you look at this Ravens team, they can legitimately be 6-0. They coughed up that game against the Colts and they coughed up that game against the Steelers. So this is a team who, I mean, it feels like they, they switch offensive coordinators with Todd Monken and they're still figuring out the kinks. But for the most part, they still they still gotten it done. But I'm going to stay away from this one for right now just because I spoke about the, the quarterbacks the Lions have played, but who have the Ravens played? C.J. Stroud. First game, DTR, uh, you're looking at Joe Burrow without a cap, Kenny Pickett, Gardner Minshew, Anthony Richardson, Ryan Tannehill. It just feels like for some reason that this Ravens team, it, there's something off about them. And you could argue that right now, Dan Campbell is probably a better coach than John Harbaugh because John Harbaugh, they're not as aggressive on the first fourth downs like we've seen in previous years. Can't wait yeah. for Detroit and Baltimore. Cannot wait, House. That's my game of the one o'clock window. That's like your marquee game without question. Well, because it really gives us a, a preview of, of how the playoffs might ultimately play out. Just a couple trends. Um, Detroit continues to absolutely kick. They're 15 and five against the spread in their last 20 games as an underdog. They're uh, even more recently a 14 and two against the, the, the spread. Um, and the um, Ravens as a home favorite, not very good. Two, eight and one against the spread in their last 11. The um, thing that I'm interested in doing with this game is tease, 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 tease. Give me Detroit uh, from the three up to, to, to nine. And this is the way I'm going to play it for sure. Guys, the other game I can't wait to see on Sunday. It's near and dear to my heart. It's the Sunday night game. It's Miami at five and one. And all their firepower and the historic offense going into Philadelphia with the Eagles licking their wounds a little bit after flushing that game down the toilet 
against the New York Jets, waiting on some injuries. We don't know about Lane Johnson at the moment. We don't know about Xavier Howard yet for the Miami Dolphins. So that's that's fascinating. But Raheem, I thought this line, quite frankly, would be Eagles by three or Eagles by three and a half. I thought maybe public perception would remember Miami getting whooped by the Buffalo Bills in week number four. But yet on FanDuel, seeing the Eagles only as a two and a half point favorite. You surprised by that? Well, Miami took some sharp money to start the week with, you know, all the injuries for the Eagles, Lane Johnson, obviously. But it seems like the number is going to come back the other way because it feels like Lane Johnson has a chance to play. And you said it yourself. The Eagles have a, a real chance to dominate in the trenches in this game. I would lean towards the Eagles in this matchup just because I, like, I just don't see how Miami's going to be able to block them at all. And and to that point, what I particularly like about this game, the total um, was at 52. It's at 51 and a half on FanDuel right now. I love the under. I think this is a you know prime setup for the Eagles to try and, and, and just run the ball and take air out of the ball and shorten up the game and not let uh, Mike McDaniels and Tua get cooking on the other side of it. Um, and the Dolphins allow trips to, to the red zone. Um, so I, you know, they're, they're uh, third most red zone trips. Um, I like the Eagles to just sort of march the ball down the field, let Tua, I mean, let, let Jalen hurts to kind of run a little bit. You can see that Jalen is still not um, for whatever reason, comfortable a hundred percent with his accuracy this year. And I don't know what to attribute that to. I'm sure the Philly talk radio stations are, are having some fun with it, but um, I like the Eagles just trying to take the air out of the ball, march the ball down the field and, and, you know, in, in a tight, close physical kind of game um, under is the play for me. I like the under as well. You're talking about 15 mile an hour wins in Philly. I think that could have an impact on things. And then you also throw in the fact that Vic Fangio spent all last year around the Philadelphia Eagles. So I, I know it's a different offensive coordinator and I know it's a different defensive coordinator, but maybe this is a game where old Vic maybe has a couple of tricks up his sleeve for Jalen Hurts. Uh, I don't have a strong feel uh, on the side. I do have a strong feel and I know it's dangerous taking Miami game and going under because that has not been a winning trend throughout most of this year. I think we get an under in that particular game Sunday night. Uh, guys, Pittsburgh and L.A. is fascinating because we know what the trend is. We know what the deal is, House, with the Steelers when they're an underdog under Mike Tomlin. Yet, they're three-point dog. And I almost feel like this is one of those too-good-to-be-true spots with the Steelers. I know they've been lucky. I know the advanced metrics don't like them. I've gotten burned in a couple of these games. Fading Tomlin is an underdog. There is no chance I'm fading the Steelers. I'm on a Steelers or I'm not betting the game. You heard it right here. <laughs> well, my recommendation then would be to not bet the game because I am done uh, betting the Steelers. I rode them um, in, through uh, their AFC North. I, I had good fortune with both their, their game against Cleveland and their game um, against Baltimore. But one of these, these deals where they're traveling across country, going up against an offense that likes to get the ball in the air. I trust this, this quarterback. He's a very good quarterback. I mean, he's got the receivers, Matthew Stafford and his weapons. I just, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not going to bet it, but I'm, I'm, I definitely don't prefer the Steelers under these circumstances. Ooh, this game is something else. Um, and the reason why it's something else for me is because how much faith 
do you have in Matt Canada figuring it out offensively? I, they had a bye week. And you look at this Rams defense, they're really not that good. Now, I mean, they, they showed a little something last week against the Arizona Cardinals, but I think they had to do more with the Arizona Cardinals. We've seen a ton of under money come in on a lot of these games this week. Well, this is one of the few totals which has actually been bet up. You're seeing this total right now, like, what, 44 and a half, well, 44 rather. So you look at these two teams. You have the Steelers, who I believe are like, what, both of these two teams are top 10 in pace. So they play a lot of plays. So we're seeing over money on this game, but I'm not betting a side on this game at all. One more. And this is not a spread, but it may have an impact on a spread maybe down the road. Kyler Murray. Remember him? Clear for practice. Are we actually going to see Kyler Murray playing a game sometime soon for the Arizona Cardinals? Raheem, it's not going to be this week, but at some point, maybe, right? Yeah, it feels like he's going to return this year. And, you know, this Arizona Cardinals team, they've been a team who everybody bet, it, bet, bet their win total under, but it just seems like they've been competent for most of the year. So I expect us, us to see him. The crazy thing is, honestly, by circumstance and, and maybe careful planning, do we give the Arizona Cardinals credit for, for game planning out how this season might go with their brand new head coach? And what they clearly saw in Josh Dobbs is that the rest of the league didn't see. They have now two competent quarterbacks. Like, you know, who knows what version of Kyler Murray comes back under what circumstances and what offense they've installed. But it seems like the offense that they're running could be an offense that Kyler Murray would be successful in if he could stay healthy. But it's kind of a nice position to be in if you're the Cardinals looking at your future having trade assets. I mean, they, they really went kind of lean with um, the, the departures that they permitted uh, in the off season. So re- rebuilding the team and whatever they imagine is their vision. I don't know, but I will tell you one thing. I am absolutely all over the Seattle Seahawks as a teaser leg this coming week. That's who I'm putting with the Detroit lions. That number is at eight or seven and a half Seahawks at home. Arizona has been terrible against division opponents are getting blowed out on the road against their own division. Give it to me, Seattle, this week as a teaser leg, JJ. Yeah, and I think on Ring of Wise, guys, you're going to see Seattle and you're going to see Buffalo as two very popular teaser legs. And I might take the two of them and put them together. All right, we got a Thursday night football game to break down. We got best bets to get to, all that more. We're coming right back. Okay, boys, time for our Thursday night football pick. You have Jacksonville at four and two, taking on the three and three New Orleans Saints. Uncertainty about what the deal is going to be with Trevor Lawrence. I think gut feel he gives it a go on Thursday night. Jacksonville had those London games. Wondered if they'd be rusty against the Colts. They weren't. They absolutely beat the living you know what out of them. And what else is new? Jacksonville continues to own Indianapolis. The line is at one and a half house. The total is at 40. We have an interest. I like both the side and the total. I'll start with the total because that's kind of the, the easier uh, of, the, of the two here. This, the Saints have gone under in 15 of their last 16 games. The Saints don't score at all. This game at, at 40, 
uh, or 39 and a half, wherever you want it. It's not low enough. They haven't gotten to 37 combined points in the game this, this season, uh, 15 of their last 16 unders during that 16 game under streak. Only two of those games got to 39 points. They just go slow, 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 and they don't score points. But I'm also on the Saints laying the points. It's a terrible spot for Jacksonville. This is the spot now that I thought was going to be the spot going into Sunday where the effects of being in London for two weeks was really going to take the Jaguars and hit them on the chin. It's very peculiar. They had the option to take the buy coming back from London. They chose not to, knowing that they were going to have to play Sunday, Thursday, which is just kind of crazy to me. But they clearly had some, uh, you know, opinion about the buy later in the season. They will get a 10 day rest after this Thursday night game, but it looks like they're prepared to sacrifice this Thursday night game because this is the moment, I think, when being across the pond for two weeks catches up with them, JJ. I like New Orleans as well in this game. I think it's all about situational spot. And I know Dennis Allen versus Doug Peterson is a little frightening. I know Jacksonville has looked terrific over their last three games. I I just think on the road, Raheem, short week, you throw in the London travel. New Orleans coming off some sloppy performances. Feel like the Saints need this one. I feel like they get it. I'd lay the point and a half as well. Yeah, I love the under. And the Saints. I think this is a complete smash spots for both of them. I mean, House hit on the case for the under, so I don't need to go over that again. But when you look at the Saints, the biggest thing is their defense is, I mean, it's unbelievable. You're looking at a team who's seventh for defensive DV away, and they can pressure the quarterback. And Trevor Lawrence is playing, it seems, because based on the market, this line has gone from one to minus three back to minus one. And if Trevor Lawrence does play, he's not going to be as mobile as he typically is. So that puts him in a bad spot. In addition, Zay Jones is going to be missing this game. And we all know Marshawn Lattimore. He's a guy who can cover Calvin Ridley and, and, and be able to shut down this offense. So you have uh, a Trevor Lawrence who's banged up going up against this Saints defense. And then also when you look at the other side of the ball, their top cornerback, Tyson Campbell, he is out for this game. So they're not going to have anybody to defend. Chris Olave, Michael Thomas. So I just think the Jaguars are in a bad spot all the way around. Saints in the under. Family play across the board, taking New Orleans. New Orleans gets it done on Thursday night football. The East Coast bias boys in query unison. We'll come back. We'll give you our best bet. Week seven. Wrap it up with a bang. Next. We'll wrap it up like we do on each and every East Coast Bias. Best bets, week seven. Joe House, starting with you. Floor is yours. Take it away. I mean, shocker. I, I, I teased it during the entire conversation on these NFL games this week, fellas. I am absolutely positively pairing up the Seattle Seahawks at home as favorites right now on FanDuel, minus seven and a half, teasing them down to one and a half. Arizona one in 10 against the spread in its last 11 divisional matchups, including losses of 17 points and 19 points to the Rams and 49ers this season, Seattle's four and ones against the spread in their last five against Arizona. That's a nice teaser leg. And I'm putting them with the Detroit lions. We made the case. I believe in Detroit teasing them from three 
up to nine. It seems like it could be some wind in the forecast. I like the Lions running the ball a little bit. They demonstrate in the second half of all these games that they're winning, that they have the capacity for doing that. And I think that that them with the two scores uh, against that Baltimore defense, uh, that's my best bet of the week. The, the Lions plus nine teased with Seattle minus one and a half. My best bet is the Commanders minus two and a half. This line is going to close three. When you look at the New York Giants, their offensive line is completely decimated. They're signing guys off the practice squad. They signed House. They signed JJ. They signed, they signed me to go block. They will not be able to block this Commanders team. Take the Commanders minus two and a half. I guarantee this probably closes three. They signed my buddy and my golf pal, Justin Pugh, off the couch. And all of a sudden, he goes from playing guard to tackle. Although the one thing I would say, the Giants, Offense looked a lot more functional and looked a lot more competent with Tyrod Taylor outside of the end of the first half, which is one of the biggest snafus they ever going to see and basically cost the Giants an outright win against the Buffalo Bills. Guys, my best bet this week, the Los Angeles Chargers getting five and a half against Kansas City Chiefs. This is a classic Chargers. We're going to play this game close, and yet we're going to do just enough in order to lose. You know, last Monday... What got lost in the shuffle to me, listen, we all know Brandon Staley has his issues and has his problems. Justin Herbert stunk. I know the nerds aren't going to like to hear this. I know the truthers are going to like to hear this. He was terrible. He was missing receivers left and right. He had an opportunity to win it late. He doesn't get it done against the Dallas Cowboys. I was celebrating. I had the Cowboys. I catched it every which way. Historically speaking, these games are always three-point games. So I'm going to get the opportunity to take the Chargers, get the five and a half. They'll probably lose by three. They might lose by four. Herbert probably will backdoor cover this for me like he did last year. But the LA Chargers plus five and a half, that is our best bet for week seven in the NFL. All right, for House, Raheem, JJ signing off. want to thank our buddy and our pal, the Wargon Warrior, making us sound and look as good as humanly possible. We'll be back. Ring of Wise Guys Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern on FanDuel TV. And then we will reunite on Monday for East Coast Bias. You want to check that out in the Ring of Gambling Show. We'll see you next week on FanDuel TV. Be good, everybody. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas. Under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem. Call 100 Gambler or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 100 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777. Or visit ccpg.org slash Connecticut. 100 Now within Indiana. 100-522-4700 or Visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 100gambler.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.